of the Holy Spirit, I would like to talk to you about the end of our faith. The end of our faith. Jude, beginning in verse 1. Jude, the servant of Jesus Christ and brother of James, to them that are sanctified by God the Father and preserved in Jesus Christ and called, Mercy unto you, and peace and love be multiplied. Beloved, when I gave all diligence to write unto you of the common salvation, it was needful for me to write unto you and exhort you that you should earnestly contend for the faith which was once delivered unto the saints. Would you stretch your hand in this direction and pray God's anointing? blessing over his word, over his servant, and over our ears to hear. Father, we come before you today. We thank you and praise you for the sweet, sweet spirit that we sense in this place. Lord, would you have your way in a dynamic way, in a powerful way, that the words that are spoken, the message that is communicated, will awaken within us an urgency we thank you, we praise you. Hide this vessel behind the cross, touch me physically, emotionally, mentally, spiritually, that I would represent the kingdom of God. And as this local shepherd under shepherd to you, that I would be able to minister the word effectively. We give you praise and glory and honor for these things in Jesus' name. And the church said, amen. amen. God bless you, you may be seated. The end of our faith. When you hear a title like that, you should assume. It would be natural to assume that your pastor would be speaking about that glorious day in the future. When our faith that we have been living by and walking by will no longer be needed. That day is sooner upon us than we can comprehend. Today, we walk by faith more than by sight. But one day, hallelujah, sight will say to faith, step aside. I'm gonna take over from here. Amen. And what a glorious day and a new chapter of eternity that will be. But today, I want to take a different slant on this title and tell you that there are some quote end of our faith that we have to be very careful of. First thing I would tell you is we have to be careful that we don't have an upend of our faith. When you upend something, you flip it over. That certainly is a good way to describe this present life that the child of God strives to navigate through, upended. How many of you have ever experienced that? Life was going along great, everything was smooth, the family was good, the bills were paid, and then suddenly you were upended. That curve you were not prepared for. 
the unexpected bill that arrived in the mail, and it was not part of the budget. The doctor's report that is not positive, and it came out of nowhere. The pink slip that is suddenly handed to you without warning after all the years that you loyally gave to the company. That loved one you expected would be with you for years to come, and without notice, they suddenly are taken out of this world. The shocking and unpleasant news that comes from your spouse. The sudden silent treatment from a family member and you cannot figure out why and it's left you broken and devastated. Now your faith, and I could give you several other examples, now your faith has been upended and out of nowhere you've been thrown into a whirlwind. I'm telling you, friend, it is so imperative that you be rooted and grounded and sustained in the Lord Jesus Christ, or you will find your faith upended. Those circumstances, they loom larger than life itself, and, and it seems hopeless all of a sudden. And how many know, how many of us know here today that the volume of those situations they often try to scream louder than the voice of faith that is inside of us. They try to overtake that that we believe in. Not only are, is our faith in Jesus to bring about a miracle challenge, but the very creeds and, and doctrine on which we have long hung our spiritual hat, all of a sudden it seems to be compromised and we're, we're tempted to want to just pull back and, and draw the blinds and just escape from it all. It's called the upending of our faith. How about the suspend of our faith? Devil cannot get us upended in our faith through negative circumstances. And, and so he sends along another party that tempts us and draws us aside. And then we suspend our faith until a time that is more of a convenient season. Or we are drawn aside of our own lust. The scripture tells us uh, it's no one's fault when we sin but ours. It is never your husband's fault, your wife's fault, it's never your kid's fault, it's never your parents' fault, it's never something in your past. The scripture tells us in James that every man is, when they sin, they are drawn aside of their own lust, their own desire. I was thinking this week in Acts chapter 24 and verse 25, Paul was standing before a great leader, a great ruler, and, and the Bible says he was reasoning with him. He was witnessing to him. He was talking about the need for a righteous life. And he was talking to him about the need for self-control. And he was talking to him and, and said to him that judgment is coming upon his life and upon his future. He, Paul was witnessing to Felix. He was, he was trying to share with him. And, and the scripture said that Felix was, was under conviction. And, and the scripture even says that he, he trembled. But he looked at Paul and he said, go your way for this time. And when I have a convenient season, I will call for you. You see, Felix's wife, Drusilla, was there, and, and his guards were there, and his officers were there, and all these people held Felix in such high regard, and the Jews, and the high priest, and all of those in the political realm held this, this 
this man in great and high regard. And so it was not a convenient season uh, for him. And so he just pushed off another opportunity to give his heart and soul to Jesus Christ. Now let me just stop here and tell you today. Let me just say this. I want to see lost people saved that have never accepted Jesus Christ as their personal Savior and Lord. But I'm telling you, my heart breaks and shatters within me as I watch found people that have become lost again because they suspended their faith, because they cracked the door of compromise. And what ended up happening was they turned and they walked away from the church and they walked away from the Lord. How many of us, people sitting all across this room, you know loved ones and, and family members and friends and, that you used to know that were on fire for Jesus, but now they're turned aside because of their own desires or they've been derailed by the influence of someone that the devil sent across their path. The world is so morally corrupt today and the church culture is so diluted that people will have the audacity to come to church and worship the Lord and raise their hands while they drink and party on the outside. People have the audacity to come into the house of the Lord and lift their hands as couples while they're sleeping together outside of marriage. This is the kind of climate, and I could give you many more examples, but this is the kind of climate that has come in the world today. But the truth is, is that their faith has been suspended. It's known they're no longer a priority. They have abandoned Jesus. And if we're not careful, people will lead us to participate in that that you know is a sin against God. And when you participate in that, you leave your faith suspended and you leave yourself wandering away from a relationship with the Lord. The scripture tells us in the last days, because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. It is a clear sign of the end of the age. So you hear this preacher this morning, whether you've been serving the Lord 10 weeks or, or 50 years, you hear the whole truth of the gospel. You cannot afford to let your guard down. If you're not careful, your faith will be suspended at your convenience and you'll find yourself away from Jesus Christ. There is no such thing as hopscotch in and out of Christianity. Jesus said no man can serve two bastards. Either you will love the one and hate the other. I'm telling you, we have to go all in with our faith in the Lord. We can't afford to crack the door of compromise and see our faith suspended. There's an opinion of your faith and then there's those that have allowed their faith to be suspended. How about the pretense of your faith? I'll look the part Everything will be fine. There's people that even do ministry and their faith has, has, has been abandoned, but they still go through the motions of ministries. I know the right words to say. I will belong. I will blend in. The preacher won't know the difference. My family won't know the difference. The church won't know the difference. I will not stand out. But tragically, your faith has, has waned away. And you're lulled to sleep, uh, not, not aware that you have lost out. It's been months since you prayed. It's been months since you opened your Bible. You no longer tithe. You no longer help your neighbor. You no longer speak a kind word. It's been months since you told someone that Jesus loves. Loves, uh, loves them. No one has stolen your faith.
faith from you. You have not lost your first love. Oh no, Jesus was talking to the church in Ephesus in Revelation chapter 2 and he did not tell them you have lost your first love. Oh no, what he said to them is you have left your first love. You have turned your back upon your relationship with the Lord. The cares of life haven't zapped your faith from you. You simply become negligent of your faith and therefore your faith like a slow leak has left you with a spiritual flat tire and here's the real tragedy. You go on as if nothing has changed, friend. You are pretending your faith. You'd be surprised how many name the name of Christ but their heart is far from him. I dare say people in this body, I dare go so far as to say leaders and, and teachers who look the same and act the same and smile the same, but your faith is leaking out. You're still going through the same motions. And the truth is you're operating with a pretend faith now. And on the inside, you're shriveled up and dying spiritually. God help us. God help me. Don't think for a moment because I stand behind this sacred desk because I stand on this platform week after week, don't think for a moment that the enemy doesn't try to upend my faith. Don't think for a moment that the enemy doesn't try to cause me to suspend my faith. Don't think for a moment that I can't fake it. I've been doing this thing nearly 30 years, brother friend. I know how to go through the motions. I know how to sing the right song. I know when to lift my hands in, in, in timing so that it, that it looks right to everybody around me. I'm telling you, it doesn't matter whether you're in the pulpit or in the pew. You have to do everything you can to guard your So does any of these ends describe you? Is your faith upended today? Has the circumstances of life caused your faith to be compromised? Is your faith suspended today? Have you allowed someone or the desires of your own heart to pull you away from your relationship with Christ? Is your faith pretended today? It's already been suspended, but you're, you just continue to go through the motions. Let me just get quickly to the second part of this message this morning and tell you the end of the faith that God is looking for. And he's looking for it from every single one of us. God is looking for someone that will contend for the faith. Contend for the faith. No matter what, we will scrap, fight, go forward, battle through, be bold in, be aggressive with, be confident about our faith. This is the faith. There's not many ways to God. There's only one way, one truth, and one life. His name is Jesus Christ. I'm telling you, he is the only way, and I'm telling you something else. It is the whole Bible. I know there are popular personalities out there, and they're promoting many ways to God, and there are preachers out there now, a dime a dozen, that are out there preaching a partial gospel, but it is the faith today that we better hold on to. It is the gospel we better embrace. It is the only faith. It is the whole faith. And I've come by to warn the Pulaski Church of God audience in person and online. You better make sure you have your calling and election in Jesus Christ. You better know what you believe, lest 
you become deceived by this new age and partial gospel that is deceiving millions in our day. I'm telling you, I feel a Holy Ghost in this place. Paul knew it was present then, just like it's present now. That's why he wrote these words to the Galatians in Galatians chapter 1. And this is what he said. He said, I marvel that you are so soon removed from him that called you into the grace of Christ and you have gone unto another gospel. I want you to know, Galatian church, there is no other gospel. But there be some that trouble you and would pervert the gospel of Jesus Christ. But then he stopped and he said these words, but. Anytime you hear the word but, get ready. Because a powerful statement is about to follow. And this is what he said. But though we or even an angel from heaven preach any other gospel unto you than which we have preached unto you, let him be accursed. I've said it before, he said. I'll say it again. If any man preached any other gospel than that you have received, let him be accursed. I'm telling you, it is the treasure in our earthen vessels. It is the pearl of great price. It is worth sacrificing your reputation, your friendship, your
You gotta get to a place. You gotta have those conversations. Like I've had to have this week. It's biblical to talk to yourself. <laughs> Speaking to yourself in psalms, hymns, and spiritual psalms. But sometimes you just gotta say, Self! Hello? I'm here. Self! You can't let these circumstances upend your faith. Self! You can't let, allow temptation or some evil soul to cause you to suspend your faith. Self! You can't just keep going through the motions and faking it until you make it and pretending your faith when you know deep down inside something isn't right. Self, no matter what, you have to contend for the faith. Self, no matter what, you better defend the faith. You see, faith is not just an attitude of trust. It's also the truth into which you've placed your trust. Faith is a verb, and that's why we pray. Faith is also a noun. It's our doctrine, our creed. It's how we live. When you are contending for the faith, you are faithful to the faith. Listen to Acts 6 and 7. It said the word of God kept spreading and a great many of the priests were becoming obedient to the faith. Acts 14, 21, new believers were encouraged to continue in the faith. 1 Corinthians 16, 13, the command is stand fast in the faith. Let me talk to some parents here this morning. Listen, the church is always one generation away from extinction. Mom, dad, if you upend, if you suspend, if you pretend your faith, you don't just put yourself at risk, but you also put your children at risk. You teach your children. You example in front of your children. Teach what you know, but you reproduce who you are. You contend for the faith. So one day, sooner or later, later or sooner, they will in turn contend for the faith. You fight the good fight of faith. That's how you lay hold on eternal life. True story. A 
from the sinking Titanic. A frightened woman found her place in a lifeboat. It was about to be lowered into the raging North Atlantic. She suddenly thought of something she needed. So she asked permission to return to her stateroom before they cast off. She was given three minutes. Full sprint, she ran across the deck and was already slanted at a dangerous angle. She raced through the gambling room, the casino, where all the money had rolled to one side, ankle deep. She got to her stateroom and she pushed aside her diamond rings and expensive bracelets and necklaces. She reached to the shelf above her bed and she grabbed three small oranges. Incredible. 30 minutes earlier, she would not have chosen a crate of oranges over the smallest of diamonds. But death had boarded the Titanic. One blast of its awful breath had transformed all of her values. Priceless had become worthless. Worthless had become priceless. This world is a sinking Titanic. It doesn't matter who has been in the White House. It doesn't matter in 2024 who's gonna be in the White House. There is no one that can fix this world's problems. This world is a sinking Titanic. You may not feel it physically, but it's already on a steep, steep angle. And what the Lord has brought me by to say to you is that you better start making the most valuable things the only thing. And let me tell you what the most valuable thing is. It's your faith in Jesus Christ. It's your confidence in Him. It's the creed. It's the doctrine. It's the Word of God. It's your belief that whatsoever you have need of, He can supply it. What are you saying? What are you saying? I'm saying that it doesn't matter what family does. You better hold on to your three oranges. It doesn't matter if family forsakes you. You better hold on to your three oranges. Your spouse may walk away tomorrow, but you say, you know what? I'm not having my faith upended. I'm not having, I'm not pretending with my faith. I'm not suspending with my faith. I got my three oranges. I got my faith in God. I've made the trip back. I'm not on a second Titanic. I'm on the good old gospel ship. I'm on my way to glory. I'm telling you, there will be people that will let you down. There will be people that will forsake you. But I'm telling you right now, what you got to do is make sure you got hold of your three oranges. You got them secure inside of you that says, no matter what comes against me, my faith is in Jesus Christ and in him alone. And when all this world is crumbling around me, I'm going 
is just not asking God for something from his hand. Faith is allowing the Lord to transform your heart. Yes, my faith reaches up to him when my body is broken. Yes, my faith reaches up to him when I have a financial need, a great need for a miracle to take place. But my faith is also where I stand. I will not capitulate, I will not back up, I will not compromise. I will stand by and for the word of the living God. Heaven and, earth, heaven and earth shall pass away, but my word, Jesus said, shall not pass away. The grass withers and the flower fades, but the word of the Lord shall endure forever. Don't you change one job, one tittle of it. It's what's going to stand in the end. I'm a parent like many of you in this room. I'm going to tell you what God told me this week. He said, it's time for you to hold your tongue with men and release your tongue unto God. That's a word for someone. I had pulled one of our staff members aside and I was bellying into him the other day. Complaining. Like he had the power to change my son. And I thought, as the Lord convicted me this week, you need to hold on to your oranges, boy. Don't compromise your oranges by complaining. You, God can do a whole lot more in 10 seconds than you can do in a lifetime. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost in this place. We've tied the hands of God by belly aching to others around us. Oh, we formed it in the name of prayer request. And there's certainly nothing wrong with asking someone to pray with you. I just be transparent. My wife gets nervous when I say that word. But I said to said staff member, I remember driving past the baseball field on Wednesday night. When it was time for church. I remember we made the church function a priority. I remember when the doors were open to the house of God, we were going to be there. And I said, and I don't mind to tell you I said it, He knows I said it. I said, what's been the use? 
I'm telling you, I left that conversation. And I went into prayer. And the Lord said, I'm not done. The Lord said, don't you compromise your free on yourself. You keep defending your faith. You keep contending for your faith. You remember that I am God. I have the final say so. And as long as there is breath, there is hope. I come by to tell some moms and dads today, you've given up in despair. You wonder, alcohol has them bound up and, and drugs have them bound up and they're away from the Lord and they're in hideous practices of sin. Don't you give up? You better leave the lifeboat and run back and get your oranges and then jump on the good old gospel ship and say, you know what? I'm not going to allow my faith to be upended, pretended, or suspended. I'm going to contend for my faith. I'm going to defend my faith. And when it's all said and done, later or sooner, I'm going to see the hand of God bring about the miracle because I still got my three oranges. My health ain't no good. My family's health is no good. I don't know what to do. Complain less and pray more. I've got a heart condition. I've got cancer. I've got stomach issues. Doctors don't have an answer. They can't seem to find a solution. I got my three oranges. Uh, the world may be going down, but I'm not going down. I'm not going down. I ran back to the state room and I got my three oranges. I lift your hands all over this place. I am the Lord your God. My word does not fail, neither does it falter. What I have promised will come to pass. My promises are yes and amen, and I will receive the glory as a result of your faith in me. Do not compromise, look unto me. The author and the finisher of your faith, says the Lord. You're here and your faith has been upended. Time to go back and get your oranges. You're here. And you've suspended your faith because of choices that you made or the influence of others. 
And you know, even though you sit in church and you're doing your daily, your weekly thing, you know deep down the heart is not right. You're here and you're going through the motions and everyone around you thinks you're okay. You're even deceived into believing you're okay. You're pretending your faith. I feel like they're all over this room. People that need to say, you know what, I'm headed back. I'm headed to the altar to get my oranges back. I'm headed to the state room to get my oranges back. I'm headed back to embrace, embrace, and contend and defend my faith. Some of you have been through so much devastation. It has rocked your world. There are single adults in here that have been through the tragedy of divorce, and it has rocked your world. Holy Spirit, do your work today. Holy Spirit, do your work today. I'm telling you, it is the only thing, it is the only thing that will matter in the end is your faith. Your faith. I don't know who you are, but before the first note is played, get up from where you are and come and stand across this church. Come on, quickly, quickly. The word of the Lord, the spirit of the Lord has, has spoken into your heart. Move, move quickly, move quickly. our faith. We have to defend our faith. We can't let anyone zap our faith. We can't let circumstances upend our faith. Come on, there's a multitude of people in this room. And you know the Holy Spirit is drawing you. Don't you turn a deaf ear to him. He's spoken to us through the word. He's spoken to us through the gifts of the Spirit. He's not here to condemn you. He's here wooing you. He's here with open arms saying, just come to me, child. Just come to me, child. Just, just admit it. My faith is weak. Just admit it. Just be honest with yourself and with God. Your faith is weak. going on up here. And I know there's some folks up here that need some people of strong faith to flank in behind them. Sisters with sisters, brothers with brothers, come on. Come on quickly. Come on quickly. Come on quickly. Make sure if you give them a word, it's from the Lord. Jesus. <laughs> 
Thank you, Jesus, for honesty. 